and welcome to our second episode of Neighbours, the recap podcast. I'm Vaya. And I'm CJ. And I'm so excited to talk about Neighbours again because it's been a kinky week, CJ. It has. Kinky stuff went down. We found out more about Carl and Susan's personal life, maybe? I don't know. Than we ever thought we needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take it to the start of the week and... The Willis storyline. Therese is having some issues dealing with Mm. Lauren and Brad hanging out together in the street. Do you feel like even the Willises are starting to get bored with this (laughs) storyline? I feel like maybe the Willises regret not actually having the affair. Having the affair? Yeah, yeah. They should have. They should have made it tawdry. They should have, like, yeah. They should have done it because they're getting punished anyway. So (laughs) may as well get their jollies. I feel like that whole storyline just got drowned down the whole week for me and I was just like, look, tell me more about Josh's pressure to be the best gym manager in the world. <laughs> he's so competitive. He oh. can't be the best swimmer in the world, no. so he has to run the best gym. And he's there all hours. Well, we all know that the problem with that gym is that it needs a couple more treadmills. Yeah, and like maybe more than the space of a small living room. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we start the week with Lauren umming and ahhing about wanting an apology out of Therese for – Letting that dodgy, mm. not le- not getting the dodgy cooling system fixed that yep. caused Lou to have a beam fall on him during the tornado. Yeah. Therese, meanwhile, is just sus about everything. And so she confides in Susan, of all people, because Carl is such a philanderer. Philanderer, such a bounder. <clears throat> yep. You know, she just goes, yeah, What about all the times Carl cheated on you, Susan? Susan's like, Oh, that's right. I'm a scorned woman. <laughs> Great. Why are we friends again? Yeah, there's no reason for them to be friends. <laughs> So Therese just she couldn't cope, and um, then they they kind of let loose, didn't they? In the in the in the waterhole. Yeah. So they had this double family dinner. Meanwhile, Lauren and Matt turn up to this dinner because yeah. there. I mean, there's only two venues. There's <laughs> only two <laughs> venues. What are the odds the family are both going to turn up the same one? Now, Therese doesn't want to apologise for the dodgy cooling system. Meanwhile, apology. I'd be demanding some compo. Yeah, Dad's in hospital. Well, he's not anymore, but he was. And he can't talk, which, you know, is a crying shame. <laughs> and one thing I'm not convinced about is that the dodgy cooling system not working did have anything to do with it. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Um, they're clutching at straws. Um, but it was a tornado. Yeah. Something was bound to land on someone. Exactly. And there's got to be something in these stores. I mean, they've been going since like the 80s, yeah. these stores, to, it's you know, probably fall. asbestos. Who knows? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so... My fa- can I say my favourite bit of the ep- of the episode on Monday is how Therese said, "No, I emailed Paul Robinson about fixing the air- the the cooling system. Look at my email, and here's the proof." Lauren looks at the email, and it's addressed to Paul Robbins. Yeah, from Lasseter's Dubai. Yeah, I love how many places are popping up in the Lasseter's chain. So there's Darwin because we know Mason works at Lasseter's Darwin. Yeah, and there's I think there's France and New York. Yeah, New York because all the other Robinsons live there. And Lasseter's Dubai, but we need to know more about this Paul Robbins. I feel like he's this um, bizarro world, maybe really good, nice Paul that he lives could on be, the other side of the world. But he's living in a lot of heat. Yeah, sure. And, and imagine a Robbins, even though it's not a Robinson, because, you know, he's probably a Robinson that just chopped off the end of his name because he didn't want to be associated yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, yeah, who knows what that kind of heat could do to a Robinson. But um, – what I think is interesting is like they've got New York and Dubai and France and Aaronsboro. He's <laughs> like those T-shirts you buy when you're a tourist. <laughs> yeah. Paris, Barcelona, London, Aaronsboro. <laughs> yeah. They should make them. Totally. <laughs> they should sell them in the foyer of Lasseter's. Yeah, they should. And like it's just it really confuses me because I'm like how much better must the rest of the family be if Paul Paul Robinson is stuck in the Aaronsboro Hotel whereas everyone else gets to live in super cool locations. Like I feel like bring yeah. – what's her name? Lucy? Lucy. Bring Lucy back. You'd think Paul would want to be a high flyer in Dubai yeah. or somewhere. Yeah. And he's happy with his lot. Maybe he can open up Lasseter's Abu Dhabi. We know he can't because he doesn't do enough work because at the end of the week, he, I swear, spent two full days with one latte in the waterhole <laughs> and and the newspaper. That was it. Yeah. So he doesn't do enough work to open no, up another Lasseter's. That's true. That's true. And he's also the mayor now, I think. Or something. Yeah. They've abandoned that this week. Yeah, we yeah. don't care about the it mayor. It was just like, oh, yeah, he can just be mayor now. Let's yeah. not have a drama. <laughs> so Therese blows up at Lauren in the waterhole saying, you... You've always loved him. You kept the sketch that you drew. You still love him now. 
and then everyone dropped their forks and and um and and he was just kip kip right kip gambling yeah he was just like he was sitting there with his mouth open like oh my god what am i gonna do two women love me and he's then, done nothing to help this situation he just mopes around he's done nothing to help it but he's also done nothing to like cause it yeah like i don't see why lauren would be head over heels he's just the guy next door so that that's not going well. It's still going. No, and then what happened that in the next episode is Paige got involved. Mm. So Teresa's trotted mm. over to Harold's to do a, her tail between her legs apology. It was like a little kid apologizing after mm. a mm. tantrum. My like, mum said I should apologize. Sorry, and then walked out. And yeah. Paige is like, "Um, excuse me. Yeah, that's not an apology." One thing that I just kept on ringing my bell is like, if you think that, like, if you go and find your long lost parents. Do you really expect to be able to hang out with them together all the time? Well, she does. She does. And she also well, dances in the driveway. But whose long lost parents live across the road from each That's other after true. 20 years? Yeah, and had an affair recently. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Paige invites them both over to her place. And so they come over and they're all really awkward because they don't want to talk about the fact that they're not allowed to hang out. Mm. And the excellent part of this afternoon hangout is when they start talking about musical references. And Mochiba starts playing. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yep, yep. Which is on Brennan's iPod for yeah. some reason. Yeah, Comes on his iPod shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kip Gamblin starts playing air guitar to Mochiba. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, actually, this guy's a bit older than her. <laughs> yes. They hadn't noticed before the musical references. Yes. And it, he, he was about almost 10 years older than Kate too. So oh. he likes him young. So are we thinking he's 32? I guess. Yeah. And she's like 21? Yeah. So, yeah, he likes them young. He likes them young. He was listening to Morchiba while he was at uni and dancing to Men in Black. Yeah. Because then we have that amazing scene in the driveway where they're all reminiscing about the classic dances of of our youth. And none of them know... um, Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. (laughs) So they they start with the bus stop and the nut bush. They go into the moonwalk. Yeah. Oh, and and Kip, he did the moonwalk really well. Kip moonwalk, which is hard to do in a driveway. Yeah, it's hard to do on a slippery slippery floor, really. (laughs) (laughs) And he did it. And then Paige demonstrates that she's still a fetus by referencing Gangnam Style Mm -hmm. and then teaching them all how to do Gangnam Style with no music, not even singing it, just doing it in the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah. And then just... In enough vision, so between the trees, when Therese goes to the bin, she can see what's happening. Oh, but Therese went, wasn't going to the bin. Therese was just walking past the bin. When she saw the happy families doing Gangnam Style, she put the cake that she'd bought as a present for oh. Brad into the bin. Oh, she I hadn't it. noticed that. Oh, gosh, Therese. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to put Therese on your bad side. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to throwing out perfectly good cake. No. Wow. I mean, some of the extras could have had that cake. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's in the bin. So Paige spots Therese running off around the corner, runs after her and then... Right into the backyard. In, yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a fence? I think there's not a fence and they do this a lot on Neighbours and it really troubles me because I feel like, firstly, we're missing a lot of drama opportunities because when is it okay to just walk into people's houses? Yeah. Even if they're Neighbours, even if they're related and... You know, so I don't understand why we've never found out about Carl and Susie's kinky life before if people are just walking in through the back door. <laughs> not even knocking, not even a huru. No. <laughs> I'm coming. So, so, yeah, so she storms in and she says, well, that's it. No matter what you say, we're going to hang out because we're a family. That was an epic moment. Yeah. Paige schooling to rage to on rage. her rage issues. And, and, you know, what can she say back to that? But... Well, she couldn't think of anything to say, which is why she ruined the girl's life. Yeah, she called her mum, who I think we really need to meet at some point because this woman sounds terrible. Yeah, Mary Smith. Could they think of a more generic name? No. But I feel like she's going to be a lot like um, Lauren's mum. Oh, like, oh, yes, yes, Kathy. Yeah, yeah. I think she's going to be fabulous. And because where is she? She's in Singapore. She's in Singapore. But why would... So this woman adopts... A child. So you you think you really, really want a baby in your life if you adopt one. Yeah. And now she's apparently just doesn't even care, doesn't, has no interest in her daughter's life. Yeah. I feel like that's a bit of a missing story. I feel like perhaps then they had the natural son. Oh, yeah. And they just went, oh, why did we adopt this other one? <laughs> we don't need her. Oh, damn it. <laughs> now we've got too many kids. So Therese calls Mary Smith, Paige's uh, adoptive mother, and tells her 
that Paige has come and tracked down her real family and is hanging out with them. Mm. Meanwhile, this happens within an hour because they're yeah. all in the same clothes the next day, the, the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, in an hour, she got this private investigator to find a Mary Smith mm, in, in Singapore in a haystack. Yeah. I don't understand how that's even possible. Even in Singapore, there must be thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, but oh. Tracy, private investigator Tracy was on it. She yeah. was like, Mary Smith, got it. He goes, he's the number. She a really good hourly rate. <laughs> yeah. Because she does stuff quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, for the rest of that episode, Paige is in tears because her real mum basically is like, meh, whatever. You can have your new family. I'm not bothered by it. I'm oh. staying in Singapore. Oh. That's just awful, but she'll come. We'll meet her. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I did like in that episode, though, was Therese finally acted like a nice, normal human being. And when she saw that Paige was sad, she said, Brad, get Lauren and go over and comfort Paige. Yeah. And she knew she'd done wrong. She was about to confess. And then, you know, it was all very sweet. And she was at the door and she just looked, she looked like the, uh, you know, the 80s version of Therese. Oh. With her, like, soft little face. Sophie Simpson. Sophie, that's it. (laughs) Couldn't remember her name. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was a really sweet moment and I really wish that there would be more moments like that for Therese. Yeah. She doesn't have to be full steam ahead all the time. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. But, you know, she's a high-powered businesswoman. <laughs> she's got high-powered business to attend to. Yeah, and I also feel really bad that there's a logo on her car because I feel like that's upsetting. We saw that just before she went to the bin again. <laughs> it's just and a- every time I see it, I'm like, it's just Paul downgrading her. It's a constant reminder that she has to take work everywhere she goes. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. And Paul controls her. Because it's his house too, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, because she was going to have to move out when she quit. Yeah. And then the reality hit that her husband was just a gym manager. and That's the other thing. Why doesn't she just move? She ha- she can't handle the fact that they're living across the road yeah. from the affair situation. Well, obviously Paul's not paying her very well. He pays her in perks. And they... Just pay to move her over from Perth. They're not going to pay to move her out again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Where's she going to go? It's either going to be Darwin, Dubai, New York, Paris. or France. Yeah. Mm. Well, I can't imagine the rest of the Willis family um, survive. Imogen would survive well in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she would. But um, Josh and I mean, they'd find a gym to manage. Maybe you'd br- you could probably spend a week following how Josh figures out how to order a croissant. He'd have no clue. <laughs> oh, sweet little Josh. He's like a little puppy. <laughs> But alas, they're staying. They're not going anywhere. No, they're not going anywhere. Okay. We have the yarn bombing teenagers, mm. which are Imogen, Daniel, and Amber. Yeah. Led by Daniel. Led by Daniel. Because all 20-year-old boys love to lead a knitting protest. They do. They do. To cheer up the community. Yeah. So they're, they're stalking, I think, the bric-a-brac shop in the mechanics. They're, they're hiding out in the mechanics at the start of the week, yeah. waiting for their next... To go to the phone booth, maybe? Yeah. Because they still have phone booths in Aronsboro. Yeah. 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 Well, it, maybe it's part of the bric-a-brac shop. Maybe it's an antique that you can maybe, buy. Maybe you can buy it. <laughs> so they're, they're hiding out. And it, let's not forget, Imogen has realized that she's head over heels in love with Daniel. Oh, yeah. So any closeness, end of the world. She can't be near him without melting down. Yeah. I feel like at some point in this situation, you just go, well, you know, that's Amber's boyfriend and get over it. Yeah. Go, yeah. on, go on that app that Colette Nan's on. Yeah, you should find someone on that for sure. But you know what? She, Imogen has a history of being a bit weird with the boyfriends. True. And yeah. I think I think this is quite realistic. This is probably how I approached all people I was interested in in high school. Yeah, yeah. I'm just forgetting what it was like, I yeah. guess. Yeah. and I, I would just stare at them maniacally yeah. until they hopefully realised they until were they into look me. Back. Yeah. <laughs> So, or, or somehow got pushed up against you in a dark garage, yeah. <laughs> which is what happens which is in what happened Bar. when Dad Cop, who was on night shift, comes to investigate with a torch and yeah. po- pokes it into the window. And he didn't even, like, there was knitting stuff, like, right on the bench there. Yeah. Like, how, like, if you're after yard bombers, why would you not pick that up? Like, he's not a very good cop, let's be honest. I don't even think he was after the yard bombers. I just think someone's decorated the street posts nicely. Yeah. Does he even care? I don't think he does. I think he told Bailey it's not really a crime. Yeah. I don't really care. So Daniel, in that moment, wraps some yarn around Imogen so that they're in this kind of woolen embrace. Yeah. That's just wrong. If you were Amber, why would you think that was okay? (laughs) Wrapping the friend up in wool. Well, I don't think she couldn't see. No. But but even then, she would probably be okay with it. Going, oh, he's bonding with my friend. That's nice. Oh, special. We have a connection. Yeah. The other thing I found interesting was that, uh, so later in the episode, they're hanging what looks like really enormous throw rugs onto tree branches. Yeah. Those 
sorts of those sorts of knitting projects take months to make, like months. <laughs> How have they done this in an afternoon? I don't know. The power of three of them. They're all beginners. Yeah, they are. I I actually thought that was weird because I thought that wasn't really yarn bombing. No. Just throwing blankets that they perhaps purchased at a like craft market. Yeah, like that's just that might just keep the local wildlife warm. It yeah, might look like cute. they're Maybe caring could... for another stray wombat. Yeah. Let's bring back the wombats. That was the best part of that week. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't understand what the situation is. I feel like we could have done something a bit better than yarn bombing. Like, I think it was a great story, but maybe it could have been Susan. Yeah, and she would have been a lot faster. She, it would be plausible that she would be oh, knitting blankets. Maybe with the MS. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> she probably can't do things like that. Not to that kind of degree. Not blankets. She doesn't have the MS at the moment, does she? It's gone away yeah, for a while. Is that, is that realistic? It, it's the kind of a mess that's like hay fever. It's oh, just, okay. It's, she takes seasons of it. <laughs> she takes a couple of pills and that's it. Yeah. Yep. Fine. And, and meanwhile, I mentioned the app. So Colette Nan's on this Tinder, or what, it, what Aaron's was version of Tinder. Aaron, yeah. Do we have a name for it? There was a name originally. There would have been there a, was name. a name. Yeah. I'm really sad. I don't know it. Yeah. So she goes on a date with this sort of strange looking man. Alan. Alan Haywood. And automatically Naomi is suspicious of him. Mm, because she can't believe anyone would love her mother. Which is a shame because Sheila is brilliant. Yeah. And, and one of the best characters on the show. Yeah, she's fantastic and she's she's built well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're talking about the Dramana drive-in. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was really cute. So then they decide to take their date out into the night and Colette, Colette Nan goes to get her coat and Alan puts the moves on the daughter Naomi. Yeah. With a bit of a lip kiss. A bit of a lip kiss. And I, you know, I thought he was just going to be like, oh, I'm European. Or something afterwards. Which is what Josh thought. But is he? He's not European. Well, he's some sort of fancy. Even though Naomi says he's from Murrumbina. <laughs> well, that that Murrumbina, much like Erin's Borough, is one of the top locations in the world. <laughs> it's, right, it's right near Chadston, the fashion capital. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. He's classy. He's exotic. And he's obviously travelling a fair distance to get to um, Sheila. Yeah. So that's exciting. So we'll pick that up later in the week, this, this little shifty shifty man yeah and figure yeah. out what's going on with him so going into tuesday the day of gangnam style i think this was this was an amazing episode <laughs> it had gangnam style and it had toadie and sonia wanting to rekindle oh dear the flames of their love now i get kind of excited when they get a little saucy on neighbors because i think wow how did they get this approved? And, bec- and because <laughs> they have to work within their means. It's yeah. a G time slot. It's yeah. at 6.30 at night. Kids watch this. There's a lot of symbolism. A lot has to be implied. Yeah. And this week they went as far as they could possibly go. Yeah. Oh, I think they definitely did. And, like, it reminds me of when um, Billy and Anne yeah. um, lost their virginity. Like, every time that they do something saucy, I think of that because that was, like, a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think it was in a tent. Yes, it was. Yeah. Or a sleeping bag. Something like that. They were camping. Yeah. They couldn't be on the street no. while doing that kind of thing. No, no, no. No. So, um, you know, like every time I see something saucy, I'm like, wow, we've come a long way, yeah. haven't we, neighbours? Yeah. yeah. Although I was a bit disturbed that Toadie starts putting the moves on Sonia with their baby daughter just sitting in, sitting on the floor. And I think he said something like, we could be like dancing in a circus and she wouldn't know. Or something ridiculous. It doesn't make what you're about to do okay. No, it doesn't. <laughs> freaks. But, you know, we learned a few weeks ago yeah. um, when they read the saucy book, they have quite an active bedroom life. Yeah, because I, um, I wasn't watching when the Book of Secrets came out. Oh, so. okay. Well, they read it yeah. and it got them quite fired up. <laughs> and then they went into the bedroom and had some fun. And then I think Susan came and banged on the door oh, no. in the middle of it. And then she found, he found out that Carl had written it and they were just all like, oh, like out. heebie-jeebies. Well, I've got, I've got some question marks above Toadie and Carl and what they know about each other's sex lives. So what you described probably happened about a month ago because yeah. so- Sonia, as it turns out, knows the exact time that they got down and dirty. She knows exactly the time. It was down to the minutes. <laughs> Down to the minutes. Like yeah. she's got an app on her phone. Yeah. <laughs> she she like she clicked on the app, like, yes, I've been satisfied with my husband Toadfish. Yes. And <laughs> now I'm ready for the next time. Set maybe, the countdown timer. Maybe they're trying and she's like measuring her ovulation. Oh, that's interesting. I like this. I feel like it's the only way because how when did Toadie become like Fabio in the bedroom? <laughs> like when did that happen? I don't know, but your way makes makes it all kind of justifies the whole week. 
Because so Toadie goes running over to Carl to get checked up because he's had surgery on his coccyx. Yeah. He had bum surgery. Yep. And he, and he runs had to sit on the donut for a while. Yeah. No. So he runs over to the hospital, doesn't even have an appointment. Sonia just texts Carl that Toadie's coming. <laughs> And they have the appointment checkup, and then Toadie doesn't. Toadie waits until they're in the corridor of the hospital because <laughs> yeah, it's to, not medical. Let's to, just talk about this, like mate, to bring up the fact that he is it okay for him to do the do with Sonia again? And he uses every euphemism under the sun, like yeah. butter the muffin and ride the pony. Which oh. how did Carl not get ride the pony? Yeah, considering what did he think Carl wrote meant? that book. <laughs> So you think ride the pony would be a second nature to exactly. Carl. But no, Carl needed three more euphemisms until he figured it out. And then he was like, well, I need you to ride the bike. <laughs> so this is Carl's expert medical advice to Toadie on figuring out if he's ready to have, have sex again. Ride a bicycle from your house to the mechanics. Yep. And if you make it, you're ready to get back on the horse. Yep. Quite literally. <laughs> Another dark day for Erinsborough Hospital when that's the advice yeah. the doctor's giving Yeah, out. why not just an x-ray? Yeah. A bone well, just fine. Usually it takes four to six weeks yeah. and you're fine. Yeah. Just maybe um, someone can go on top. wrong talking about them like this. It seems really wrong. Like, like, like when I think about it, I suddenly remember Toadie's long hair and the undercut and a, when he wears the mask. See, we can we can forgive the long hair, but we'll never forget it. No, you know? no, it's just, no, we're not going to get through it. It's just always there and in our mind. And cuisine, which if you're listening from the UK is a diet food that um, the actor promotes. So, but, and now we know why he had to get in shape. Yes. So he could be the master in the bedroom yeah. apparently. Yeah. So, so the rest of this episode is Toadie trying to find a bike and he's asking everyone not just to borrow a bike but what it's for. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty intense. And, of course, like Carl and Susan are all over this. All over it. Yeah, because they're actually like the smut house of Aaron's bar. <laughs> Filing it away in the blue box, which we'll get to. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Kyle's roped in to help Toadie get on this bike and ride to the mechanics. Meanwhile, Sonia has has time to pop to the waterhole to grab some non-alcoholic wine in oh, preparation yeah, for their celebration. The so she's wasted time doing that. Hands Nell over to Susan. Gets just back, throws her. Throws the child. By the way, she didn't have a plan for Nell before no. she ran into Susan. She was just going to pop her in the, the cot yeah. and say, here's some toys I'm they, throwing they were, in the other room. They were happy to have her on the floor. Yeah. God. So she was like, oh, thank, 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 thank whatever she believes in and just throws her daughter at Susan and says, I've got to get some. Yeah. I think, yeah. Nell was quite happy to have a break from her weirdo parents. So she gets back to just in time as the chariots of fire dinky production music oh, is yeah. playing. <laughs> that It wasn't even a sound like chariots of fire. It was just generic production music track that they had in the edit suite. That's playing while Toadie is slow motion cycling down the street. Yeah. And he looks like he's been riding for seven hours. <laughs> oh, Toadie. <laughs> And then he falls off the bike, but he's still okay. And he's like, nah, let's go, let's go. So they, they bottle it back home. Mm. And this is the bit that, that annoyed me the most. They've been waiting all day to do the deed. Sonia goes to change into a negligee. Yeah, they're saucy. And she comes back and Toadie's asleep on the couch. Yeah, because it was such a big ride. Yeah, I mean, how disappointing. But, you know, she loves him and she just had a, aww. I just, why waste that time? Yeah, I'm pretty upset about it because the whole lead up to the story, like even just when we retell it now, was so wonderful. And yeah. then that's such a letdown. Poor Sonia. <laughs> the, the countdown timer can't even be restarted. It's oh, God, she's going to have to get a new email signature. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, you know how some people on um, the, when they're brides or whatever, they have countdowns oh. on their email signature. Yes. Sonia's got one for bedroom time with Toadie. <laughs> Oh, dear. So it was a really sad outcome for those two, but hey, who knows? Who knows? I mean, he can probably ride a bike once more. Yep. Or a pony or butter the toast or whatever else he wants to call it. I don't think Matt is ever going to want that bike back ever again. No. (laughs) I think he actually said no to having it back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, apparently he's never going to ride the bike with his wife again, so that's all right. While all this is going on, Carl is just being a jerk to Georgia mm. in the hospital because doctors are all jerks to nurses. Mm. And they ruin their throats. Yes. Yeah. And so Georgia's got a beano bonnet because her voice doesn't work anymore. So she makes this whole thing about the pen. Mm. So Carl wants to borrow a pen and then she 
loses her tiny mind because the doctors never return the pens. Like, it's not about the pen. No, it's not about the pen. I mean, I know that it's a realistic issue in a hospital that nurses feel this way about doctors, I guess, because mm. most doctors probably are yeah. not that nice. Because, I mean, who wants a nice doctor? Yeah. But uh, really, couldn't we have just made it, I don't know, <laughs> a fancier pen? Yeah. It was a biro. The space pen. <laughs> yeah. Something. It was a biro. They probably had 50 in the yeah. cupboard. But they had to exemplify this behaviour by having this bit part doctor come in and just be an absolute bastard to Georgia, apropos of nothing. Yeah, like, and then Carl was like, wow, yeah. doctors are mean. Why did you page me about Mrs. Johnson? I'm like, because she's probably half was, dead. Was going to die. It's Erinsborough Hospital. Yeah. Everything is a state of emergency at all times. That's true. Unless you're totally and you're coming to check in and see if you can um, have bedroom time with your wife again. Yeah. yeah. They're the only two forms of visits. Oh, actually, my favourite line, I made a note of it while Toadie was getting advice from Carl. Carl goes, let me know how you get on. And Toadie goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. It's brilliant. But yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with Georgia and her voice. Maybe she'll get it back miraculously. Now she'll find a new talent. That's what always happens. There'll be another mysterious talent that she didn't know about. Yeah, probably something to do with nursing. Remember when she was going to go to another country and save people? Oh, yeah. Maybe her and Kyle can do that. Maybe she'll discover alternative medicine. Oh, she could become like a holistic healer. And she can open a rival practice <laughs> oh, dear. And, cut and take Kyle's patients. <laughs> oh, that would be excellent. It's like if you've broken your coccyx, come and see Georgia. <laughs> she'll get you in the bedroom quicker. Yeah, no bicycles needed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just some patchouli or something. <laughs> So going into Wednesday, which was, I think, the really heartfelt episode of the week. So you've got Paige really upset mm. about her mum and Therese finally having an emotion that's not rage mm. to rage. Then you've got Bailey. Sweet Bailey. Oh, I loved it. Oh, the little guy. He wants to get into space camp, but the girl, his rival for space camp is now his girlfriend. Yes. And they love each other on a mutual level. They love each other on a mutual level. And they both have their space camp interviews back to back next week. Which is shocking because, like, when does NASA do that? But okay. NASA wrote them letters. They did. And they got the letters. But you know what? NASA probably go to all the Lassiter's hotels. So Aaron's yeah, is just a stop. It yeah. was internal but, mail. Yeah, yeah. So Bailey's conflicted. He, he doesn't want to compete with Alice he wants to save their relationship mm. and he doesn't want their space camp dreams to come between them. No. And you know what I thought was just fantastic because it was him that wanted that, not her. Brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. Perfect. Loved it. She's like, um, I'm not giving up my space dreams, buddy. Yeah. She's like, and I don't want you to either. <laughs> yeah. She says she likes smart people and she hates it when smart people give up their smarts. Yeah. <sighs> oh, they're perfect. It was fantastic. So are they both going to get into space camp? What do you feel? At, at one point, I felt like it was the Hunger Games. Oh. Because <laughs> he was like, only one of us can get in. The other won't make it. Like, Maybe both can make it. Maybe. Like nothing. Yeah. I feel I feel like um, there's room for people. And we're just going to have to, like, a couple of kids from the city can't go. Yeah. 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 So, tick. And then we go into Imogen, Amber and Daniel. Mm. <laughs> this is another one of my highlights. They go Gatsby shopping for what's coming up in all the teasers is that shit's going to get real at this Great Gatsby-themed party, which is a joint bucks and hens do. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. Imogen and Amber decide to go shopping for the Great Gatsby party and Imogen's relieved because she's like, great, Daniel's not going to be here. I won't be lusting after him for no. a couple of hours. But Amber invites him along so her yeah. best friend and her boyfriend can bond. Which, okay, so firstly, I was angry from a girl code point of view. Yeah. Like, if you just, like, throw the boyfriend into the mix, like, as you're walking out of the cafe, like, I was pretty insulted. You do not invite unplanned parties to a shopping trip. No. Shopping is hard. Like, I feel like Imogen should have said, like, you know, when she's like, maybe you guys go together. I feel like she should have just got up and said, well, look, I'm going home. I had a plan with my friend. And now her boyfriend, who I'm in love with, is here. <laughs> so I'm going to go home and or go into the garage and look at my car. Yeah. Yeah. Then it gets even weirder. Amber just makes up an excuse and leaves them because she wants them to have alone time, her boyfriend and her best friend. Mm. Who's, I mean, tenuous hooks here. We've only been best friends again for like a week. Yeah, a day, yeah. I think. And, but, you know, they're going to really try it this time. Yeah, so that, I just I thought that was a risky move. Now, I might have walked out of the room. Did they actually go shopping? This is the bit I loved. They went shopping 
at the brick and brick oh, shop. That's the only place. You don't have to go to Chet's <laughs> in the fashion a, capital. No, no <laughs> because Marambina is a long way away. That's it's true. 10 minutes. Yeah. And then, I mean, well, they could have a car, but it's in the shop. It's in the shop. Yeah. It's Which um, my friend Kate at Remued on Twitter made a very good point. Why is that car not a write-off? Yeah. I mean, it's worth nothing. It got bashed in by a tornado. Yeah, and they think $20 is going to fix it. $20 and Daniel is going to fix it. Does Daniel have any experience? No, but it doesn't matter. You don't need experience at the mechanics. You can be a policeman. Anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just setting them up for a car accident, let's be honest. Chris just had a few TAFE courses um, with Fitzgerald, Lucas. Oh, yeah, Lucas. At the high school. And he's good to go. They went shopping, but they didn't just go shopping in the bric-a-brac shop. They went shopping through the window at the bric-a-brac shop. Yep. So they were looking through the window and pointing out stuff they might get. Yeah, I wonder how many of them are going to wear Kate's clothes <laughs> to this party. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be a bit upset for Georgia, her best friend, and Kyle who had it on with Kate. Why did they take dead Kate's clothes to the one shop in their suburb? That they all walk past every day. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Plus, I don't think it's for charity at all. No, it's not. It's just, just, what's her name? Marlene? Does she still own that from a distance? Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe she's still the owner. And then it's funding her around the world cruise, which is what last I heard. Oh, really? Happened to her. (laughs) She's still gone. Yeah. (laughs) She's just all the proceeds from the bric a brac shop fund to this old lady's world cruise. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I don't know why they put the clothes there, but I mean, he's hoping that everyone wears Kate's clothes, including the men. Love it. <laughs> um, so they're at, while they're at the bric-a-brac shop, Daniel spots this Art Nouveau ring. He knows it's Art Nouveau. Oh, that's right. They did go shopping. Yeah. So firstly, remember at the start of the episode, he didn't know what Gates, Great Gatsby or anything that was. Correct. But he knows Art Nouveau. Yeah, he knows Art Nouveau. He just hasn't read the book or seen the movie. He's artistic and connected with the universe. <laughs> and then so he spots this ring, which by the way in the store looked kind of little and cheap. Well, and then on the finger, it looked amazing. Yeah. Maybe it got a bit of spit and polish. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the lady in the bric-a-brac shop. But it was a black stone. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that has to be an omen of oh, some description. Nurse. Definitely. Yeah. So then we find Daniel and Amber in the garage, in the mechanics, mm-hmm. which has been done up with candles mm-hmm. next to Hermione, the beaten up right off. <laughs> in the place of the original proposal. Yeah, which I thought was rather sweet. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Because, you know, he, he proved he wasn't just impulsive. He said, no, I really meant it and I wanted to really remind you that I want to marry you. Yeah, but still reminds me she's in school. She's at school. The next day she's in her school uniform. Yeah. Talking about moving to the Gold Coast. Yeah. That's never a good sign. No. Oh, gosh. And then Imogen walks in and this takes us right into the next episode and spots the fact that they're newly engaged and then Amber asks her to be the maid of honour. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I guess Josh is the best man. Poor old Imogen. Poor Imogen. I remember what that felt like. Not N- not, not the proposal not the proposal part because <laughs> my friends were idiots when they were in year 12. But I remember what it was like to like someone who your friend was going out with. and Yeah, and you couldn't do anything about it. In reality, you just don't do anything about it. No. You're just miserable for three months until the next crush. Or until they break up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But in Neighbours, that doesn't happen. They get engaged. Yeah. Yeah. So... Imogen has a lot more to deal with than people in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like we could, at some point, maybe over the next few weeks, we could collect a list of people who've been engaged while wearing a school uniform on Neighbours. Excellent. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to write that down. I know it happens a lot on sister show Home and Away. I was about to mention that, and I didn't know if we could talk about the beast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course. It's just that and I'm not as well-versed in Home and Away. No, neither am I. I haven't watched it for a few years, but I feel like you can dip in any time. Yeah, you could. And Josh, at one point in this phase, also starts to miss Amber. Yes. Yeah, and he's messaging Naomi and Lamb is like, look, look, mate, you're 19. Go away. Not even. He's barely 18. He's barely legal. No, but, you know, um, Naomi's, she's looking for a good time. Not a long time. So yeah. why not? <laughs> so, okay, we're getting to, we're getting towards the blue box now. It's getting mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. So just, just to clarify, because I popped in and out of Neighbours yes. on this night. Why, why, why did Lou go into the bedroom? <laughs> they forgot something. I, I don't get it. Because he's directly out of hospital and just doing odd okay. jobs around the street. So we have Chekhov's box, right? We mm-hmm. have this box that's brought in and you know as soon as they show the box, something we- dodgy mm-hmm. is going to happen with this box. Mm-hmm. So Susan gets this box of certificates from the council to give out to the kids at, at the high school for helping out during the tornado. Okay, that's cute. Cute, right? She puts the box in her room. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't take it to work with her. No. Keep that, no. keep that in the, in Meanwhile, the den. Yeah. Lou's back from hospital and he's indebted to Susan for saving his life with the emergency tracheotomy. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, whatever you need, I'll do it for you. Great. She gets to school. She asks Bailey if he'll do the presentation because he's a nice upstanding young man mm-hmm. and she wants to look good with the council. She'll get Bailey to Even present. though he's a little bit afraid of speaking. He's terrified. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, please do not make me do this. Yeah, get she, the girlfriend to do it. She's yeah. right on exactly. stuff like this. Yeah. She's got two genius students and yeah. she's picking the one kid that doesn't want to talk in front of his oh, peers. She's trying to push him. Yeah. Yeah, she's a pusher. She's it's a like, pusher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a pusher, Bailey. <laughs> then the council has to move their session and she has to do it today, but the box of certificates is at home. Mm-hmm. So she calls Carl. He's not available. What's she going to do? Call your, your little handyman favour-doing friend, Lou. He'll pop in and grab the box. Mm-hmm. So Lou grabs the blue box from yeah. under Susan's bed. Yeah. Which, I mean, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, can you say, like, imagine if you rang up your neighbour and said, look, could you just get that box? And they go straight for under the bed. So many disturbing factors here. If you've got a dodgy box of sexy things in yeah. your room... Don't send a stranger, a neighbour, into Particularly that room. Particularly one like Lou. Lou. Yeah. Yeah, for one. Into your like room. Like Naomi, send her. She yeah. knows what it's about. She'll be like, oh, open the lid, kinky stuff, cool. I got one of them. Move on to the next <laughs> box. Yeah. No, they send Lou into your room to pick up the wrong bed. And she didn't even say it's a brown box. It's got the council address on it. She no, just she's said, like, go straight under the bed and get my sex box. <laughs> <laughs> go into my room and get a box. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it could have been the kids' Christmas presents could have been in there. Anything. Like, oh, wow. Or like the Book of Secrets original manuscript. Exactly. Oh, and he doesn't even text her or anything to say, is this the right box? No, he could have just, taken an MMS photo. Nothing. Gra- just grabs and goes. Yeah. And he goes to the school, hands Bailey the blue box. Mm-hmm. Bailey takes it straight up to the podium where he's giving out certificates, doesn't even open it, just starts reading students' names off of a list. Mm. You'd think if you're giving out certificates, you'd open the box to check that all the kids' names are on Firstly, there. I can tell you right, right now, if I went to Carl and Susan's house and got a box from under their bed, I would look what was in it. Definitely. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I would definitely, if I was given the opportunity to snoop like that, I would have opened the box. If the movie Seven taught us nothing, it's that we want to know what's in the goddamn box. Yeah, we've got to know what's in the box. What's in the box. Yeah. Tell me. Turns out, I don't think we'll ever know because I don't think the time slot will allow us to know. Okay, but what do we think's in the box? Okay, I think it's a well. I think it's erotica, like mm-hmm. a Nias Nin, you know, like yeah. some classic erotica story. Yeah. Well, I mean, Carl had to get inspiration somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And do we think there are toys as well? I think there's definitely something fluffy. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps <laughs> something leather. So maybe some cosplay. Mm, maybe some masks. Yeah, maybe. Um. Look, Carl could have a nurses and doctors cart thing going. Oh, I reckon that's their bread and butter. Yeah, maybe. But, like, does the whole street know that Carl and Susan are kinky? And when did this happen? Because he just wrote this book and now they're kinky. <laughs> no, I think they've always been kinky. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the blue box, and I haven't d- done any research, but I feel like the blue box appeared somewhere in their history in the timeline because oh, wow. it was talked about so readily and Obviously, as as if it's canon, you right. know. We need to find this out. So, and yeah. then what happened in the next episode is oh. that Toadie knows about the box, and he lived there. Sorry. and let's face it, Toadie would have looked in the box at some point when he was a kid. Oh, Toadie yeah. would have been all through that house. Yeah, exactly. And then all the other kids that have lived there, they probably all know about it as well. This is sounding this really is bad. So sick. In fact, Toadie probably dipped into that box. Probably he takes it over with Sonia. Oh, he calls up Carl and says, "Hey, I blame Carl and Susan. He was in their care." Yeah, actually, this is probably why him and his wife are degenerates counting down the seconds. Exactly. Oh, dear. <laughs> so we've speculated on everything that could possibly be in that box. Yeah. So what happens is at the crucial moment where Bailey's about to open the box at the school, Carl comes barreling in going, no, and grabs the box and runs off. And Susan's like, oh, he my, had the blue box. And said, my career could have been ruined. Yes. Yeah. Which Kate, my friend Kate on Twitter, has pointed out as well. Why Susan's career and not Carl's? Yeah, that's really rude. What, has she got former students' oh pictures in that box or something? You know what? I think it's just sexism. Carl's allowed to have sex and Susan's not. Also, Erinsborough Hospital just doesn't give a shit. No, because, I mean, once there's a tornado or a flood 
or a wombat biting incident, yeah. you you ha- have to go to a hospital. Yeah. And I mean, Jessica's not there. They've I only mean, got that really mean, sexist, yeah. who wants, bully doctor. Who wants to go to that doctor? Who doesn't want to go and see if Mrs. Johnson's okay? Yeah. And right up until um, Georgia opens up her holistic healing center, they're going to have to go somewhere. Exactly. Erin's yeah. so Hospital cannot be choosers. Yeah. So Carl does a switcheroo and takes the box back. Yeah, so Lou is, I mean, just hanging out like a dirty smell at home, trying to water the garden and all sorts of other things. Mm. And Carl's like, don't help us anymore. Yeah. And then Lou's like, um, oh, look, I've got something I need to tell you. Um, you know how I pretended to write your book? Well, I took a book deal and you need to write it now. Which is the book of secrets. Some yeah. dirty book about the, the bizzo that goes on. Yeah, and it got everyone quite riled up. Yeah. Yeah. It was introduced about the same time as the app. The Tinder app. Yeah. I wish I need to yeah. know what it's called. So really, it increased a lot of app activity, this book. <laughs> Why doesn't Carl want to take this book deal? It would be a pretty damn good book deal. Yeah, there could be e-books, maybe a movie. The The Mummy Erotica is, is all the rage at the moment. Yeah, and it's not as if he hasn't been okay with dipping out of medicine before. Mm. Yeah, like with the... Right prescription. And this happened back in the 90s with Philip Martin, who started writing romance novels under oh, Philippa Martin. He did? Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that? Yeah. What's up with the men in this street? Yeah. Writing erotica. The, oh, man. Well, no, what's up with the men? These lucky ladies yeah. living on Ramsey Street. <laughs> All their needs are met. Yeah, they are. So Carl's like, I'm too busy for th- I Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm too busy for this crap. Lou, if you want the book to be written, you write the book. No. So Lou gets a laptop and he's going to write the book. <laughs> Where did he get the laptop from? I don't know. I didn't even know that Lou had it, knew how to type. <laughs> <laughs> Lou writes one paragraph and gives up. Yeah. And then Toadie walks past and said, oh, writing your great novel, are you? And Lou went, yes, it's really hard. <laughs> That's why people come to the cafe with a laptop. Yeah. To write a erotica. And here's the moment where it comes full circle. We start the week with... Toadie and Carl discussing Toadie's sex life. And mm-hmm. we end the week with Toadie knowing all about Carl's sex life because Lou asks Toadie, where does Carl even come up with this stuff? And surely if anyone's going to be able to find this inspiration, it's Carl. Yeah. yeah. But Toadie says, no, 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 Lou, they've got this blue box. Oh, God. And Lou went, a box that is blue? I have seen this item. Oh, no. See, do you think that the kinky sex life dipped into the relationships with Izzy and Sarah? As well. And Ooh. with Susan and the guy that died. Yeah. Like, did they take it over? Or is it what is is this what brings them back together? Because she, Susan was destroyed with the whole Sarah affair thing. Yeah, that was terrible. It was awful. So maybe they just. She was all right with Izzy though. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel like they're, they're very close to having an open relationship, but haven't made that step. Yeah. Yeah. Susan's just attached to the marriage and. Oh my I god! Know. I just had a visual of one of the things in the box, and I'm never going to be the same. I don't. I, I, Doctor's I, gloves. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! No wonder things keep going missing at Erin's Hospital. <laughs> Carl's pilfering the supply cupboard. <laughs> There's all these like surgical tools in there. Supply the blue box. Oh, oh god. Yeah, neighbors went there this week. It's a pretty big box too. It wasn't yeah. a shoe box. <laughs> so it wasn't. And and you know what it was box. it was kind of box that you would have bought a present for like in the late nineties. Yes. So it's been around a while. Yeah, the ones like at Priceline or two dollar shops mm, or whatever, mm. and you can probably still buy them, but I don't see them anymore. No. So I, I'm guessing that this this has been around since Toadie lived here. Yeah, lived since there. the Kennedy kids were all there. Yeah. Oh, Billy. <sighs> okay. <laughs> all right. Let's face it; it's probably been around before the Kennedy kids. The Kennedy kids are probably a, a result from it, a former box. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, the blue box. I can't get enough. Hopefully hopefully we'll get more blue box next week. Can't wait. So let's keep oh, okay. This is this is a treat now, CJ. This is gonna be a treat. Speaking of kinky, now you don't know what the big deal was no, with I don't Alan. Know. Alan I don't know. Collet Nan's I know he date. looks a bit weird. Right? So Naomi spends the whole episode trying to figure out how to put her mum off this guy. Mm, and then she decides dodgy. to Google him. Yeah, she decides to Google him. For Which after, would be my first step, five, but why? <laughs> Whatever. After, after five days. So they come back from dumpling classes, mm. cooking classes, and uh, Naomi comes over to old mate Alan and says to him, I know all about you, Merlot49, which is his username, right, on a dating app. Okay. And he says... All right, I've got to you've, tell Sheila. You've done your research. She yeah, says, you've done your like research. That. And then I dropped off. Yeah. Can I just say Merlo49 is the best username? Because awesome. he's, he's not 49 years old. No. no. I feel like they wanted to go 
20 digits further but weren't allowed to for the time slot. I, oh, whoopsie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Whoopsie. <laughs> yep. They'd already done enough this week, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. So they had to go for 49. So she goes away and he confesses to Sheila that whilst he deleted his profile on the sleazy app that they met on, which was for women, he didn't delete his, his oh. profile on the site that was for men. Oh, dear. So he's bisexual. He swings both ways or as Sheila puts it, he kicks with both feet. Okay. All right. So Sheila knows. He just told her. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So he confessed to Sheila. Sorry. I thought you said Naomi. Okay. Naomi gave him an ultimatum and said, tell mum or I will. Yeah. So he's going to perpetuate the, um, that, the, what people think about bisexual people that they're willing to cheat. Well, this is the bit that disappointed me because basically the whole week set it up that bi people are dodgy. Yeah. That you can't explore all avenues of your sexuality without coming off as a sleazeball. Yeah, yeah. As a creep. Sheila, By the way, why did the bisexual nature of his life make him kiss his girlfriend's daughter? That was not explained. <laughs> no. What would have made sense if if Sheila's son had been there and he'd hit, he'd hit on the son? That would have made sense, but probably not allowed. Or Kyle. If Kyle had been uh, home. And yeah, he, if Kyle was wearing like his, his um, workman's clothes <laughs> one day. I oh. feel that is a missed opportunity because Kyle didn't have much to do this week. Yeah, I don't think he did anything. He, what, he watched the bike race. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, everyone watched the bike race. <laughs> so, Sheila doesn't have a problem that he didn't delete his profile from the, the man dating wow. site. What she had a problem with was that he lied to her about it. Okay. All right. And Well, she, how new, how, like, you know, open-minded of Sheila. Yeah. She's not judging him like everyone else is. I mean, it was the second date. Was he meant to open it up, open up about it on the first date? Yeah. Was he meant to say, hello, my name's, what's his name again? Alan. Uh, my name's Alan. God, what a name. Um, my name's Alan. I swing both ways. <laughs> Would you like to go out with me? FYI, I'll be going out with a man later tonight. Yes. Okay. All right. No. He's no. not going to do that. No. But when is the time that you can tell when someone like that? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he should have put that in his profile on Actually, Tinder. That is the time. Swipe left for this. Swipe right for that. I swipe both ways. Yeah. yeah. Swipe both ways. Uh, so she throws him out of the waterhole and yells at the wait staff put the dishes away she's angry and Paul is comforting her saying Naomi did the right thing you know she was sticking up for you and you could have made a big mistake why could she have made a big mistake that she falls for someone who's bisexual yeah I mean who would eventually stop sleeping with men yeah if they were going to be you know exclusive or he could introduce Sheila to his own blue box and they could explore wonder what color color his box is (laughs) Multicolored, <laughs> probably. <rainbow. laughs> that's true. That's true. So that was a bit upsetting. But Sheila, by the go- way, I love that Paul and Sheila have developed this relationship. <laughs> it's really cute. But yeah. he also has the same relationship with Naomi, her daughter. Yeah, but that's because they're going to get married and fall in love. Oh, yeah. Actually, I ship them a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's certainly she. But can she go from eighteen year old Josh to who knows how old Paul? Well, yes, because Naomi is driven by a few different things. Yeah, right. Um, one of them will be money. Money and her loins. Yep. And I feel like money's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. And she might like morph into this sort of like real housewife of Aaronsborough. <laughs> that would be so great. And she could just sort of like, you know, walk around with a handbag. She'd have like sort of the hot kind of handbag that you hold with your arm upright, like an Hermes bag. Because <laughs> she'd just get one. Like there's a 10-year wait list, but if you live in Aaronsborough, you would just get one. No, you know, she can just get one from the bric-a-brac shop. They'll oh, get them in. Probably. Kate's is probably there. Kate's, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and she'll walk around and she'll have a, a fabulous scarf. I can't wait. Signed up on the side. Right. Mm. So finally... It culminates in this moment where Sheila comes to talk to Naomi in the backyard where Naomi is entertaining Josh in the hot tub. Oh, no. So does she drown the poor kid? She plunges Josh's head. quite experience with water. She plunges the kid underwater. Yeah, thankfully he can hold his breath. Or actually, I was kind of hoping that he'd lose consciousness. (laughs) He just floated to the top. Like, oops. So I didn't want my mum to find out. I was dating a boy. (laughs) Oh, no. So Sheila is having this heart-to-heart with Naomi and then Josh's head pops up from the spa and they're busted. Oh, so they're busted now. They're busted. And if you have a secret, Sheila's probably not the best person to tell. No. No, even if you're the daughter. No. And she she gave them a stern talking to and I do not want to be in a position where I'm being told off by Colin and Anne. No, no, definitely not. So I don't know what's going to happen about that. That was the end of the episode, right? So Colette Mann's 
shock her finger around and that's what's happening. And there was a little addendum and in the waterhole, Paul and uh, is talking to Carl and Susan just shooting the breeze. Yep. And the door opens and this woman comes in and runs up to Paul and says, Hola, Senor Robinson, and slaps oh, him. Oh, slaps him. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think she kisses him and then slaps him. Okay. So she's not from here. But then she has this British – I think she's she got this British accent at the end. She's like, I'm going to make you pay for what you've done or something like that. I don't remember. All right. Well, that's uh, that's evolving. That's that's the only thing Okay. Well, we I, I think on Monday we're going to hear something about this because he's obviously going to go back to the table and tell Carl and Susan everything because they're counsellors. Yeah. Yeah. And probably will store that information for later use. Yeah. He's been probably. involved in some – Next time he runs for election – Oh, I was thinking of the blue box again. I can think of nothing but the blue oh, box. Oh, dear. There's many layers to Carl and Susan. Let's not only think of what's okay. under their bed. All right. I, all right. <laughs> That's fair enough. Ever again because it's going to haunt us. Um, one more little thing that we that I missed that we missed during the week mm. is Nate and Chris had this heart to heart because Chris made this promise to Lucy Robinson, Paul's sister, that he'd consider fathering oh, her child. That's right. I've heard about that. And he find and he actually took the moment to tell Nate about it, and Nate was like, oh, "Okay, um, not my business. You'll fill me in when you make your decision." Mm-hmm. And Chris was How like, "Special." But here's the thing. In this episode, they're playing kick to kick again. Oh, man. Oh, man. I feel like this is like the train going through the tunnel. This is kick yeah. to kick is like the sex euphemism for these yeah. two. Yeah, it's Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> um, it probably is. I was going to think that – I was going to mention something about that at the start when you were talking about they go as far as they can. Yeah. And there's all this symbolism, riding the bike, buttering the bread, whatever. Kick to kick. Kick to kick. And you know what? That's great. <laughs> Uh, I'm all for it now. But I would like it if Kick to Kick became something else. But they did have a nice kiss in the, in the cafe. Yeah, so, so that's the third kiss. Yeah. Uh, that is sweet. And at least we're not like judging him for being homosexual exactly. the way that we're judging the other guy for being bisexual. bisexual. Yeah. Ugh. Baby steps, Ramsey Street, baby yeah. steps. Yeah. So what a week. I was really – I was happy with that week. We got more for the, more than we bargained for in many ways. Yeah, when you put it all together, um, all of those sexual things, it's quite a week. Yeah, so till next week, Gatsby party, can't wait. Um, tweet us and hashtag neighbours and then I can go through and find my favourite tweets and Excellent. mention them. Make sure you do that because I'm not on Twitter and this is my only interaction with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you, CJ, once again. Thank you very much, Faye, for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs>